Previously on Monogamy. Look, Ella, I, I never said I didn't want you to join the army. Go for it. Fine. Ella, wait, where are you going? To enlist. Nice brain you got. Oh, thanks very much. Well, I studied at Cornell, you know. Harpoon. You should really call me Mr. Prime Minister, Dan. It's protocol. No, sir. Harpoon. Coming through the window. Whoa! Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Monogamy. I guess you're wondering what happened to your old announcer in that last episode, what with the vampire and all, hmm? Well, wonder no longer, my friends. I have become one of the creatures of the night, the undead. But hey, I still have the old voice, right? So here we go with another riveting episode of... Monogamy. 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 Howdy. Rock hard, yeah? You know what I like about hospitals? Nothing. They get you in sick, keep you sick, and then kick you out before you're really feeling better. And just try to get them to take a bullet out of your leg without, like, 50,000 forms. How did it happen? Who did it? Where's the body? I mean, really. Anyhow, our first scene today is set in Mercy General Hospital, the only hospital within 100 miles of monogamy. It's run by a seedy administrator who even now is relieving himself in the waste paper basket. Disgusting. Uh, yes, um, uh, just a minute. <sighs> yes, come in. Oh, it's you, Matt Cutter, MD, head of difficult surgery. What is it, Matt? I'm extremely busy. I want to have a word with you, Jim Hargroves, hospital administrator. Have you been down to the emergency ward today? Of course not. Why, have you? Yeah, right. And then I'm going over to the church to help the poor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, seriously, Jim. Of course I haven't been down there, but one of the nurses has told me some real horror stories about what's going on there. Some sort of disease or something. The whole ward is packed to the rafters. Nothing wrong with that, Matt. It's a real cash cow. Well, normally I'd agree with you, Jim, but this is different. They all have the same thing, and it looks awful. Look at these pictures that guy with the broom just showed me out in the hall. Damn it. I told Dad not to bring his camera here when he's working. It scares the nurses. Look at these photos. See what I mean? People bleeding and puking all over the place. Mm. That old lady there is shitting and puking on Dr. Crane's head. You know what this is, don't you, my friend? This... Is an epidermis. You mean epidemic, don't you, man? I prefer the Latin term, Jim. It's more professional. The point is, something has to be done, damn it. Apart from the mayhem down there, what if we catch it? Oh, I don't think there's much chance of that, Matt. Did you just wink knowingly at me, Jim? Oh, well, that'll be my 12 o'clock appointment, Matt. I'll have to let you go. But, Jim... Now, Matt, everything will be fine. Just go down there and show your face for a bit. Me? I'm not going into that hellhole. Just for five minutes. Here, you can wear this surgical mask. That'll keep you healthy. What the hell's this thing? I just told you, it's a surgical mask, Matt. You've seen these things before, haven't you? Sure, on TV. Don't like wearing them myself. Makes me all sticky. I'll see you out. Fine, I'll see you later. Pardon me, sir. Welcome, uh, welcome. Uh, Come in, Mr. Tweedle. I'm uh, not interrupting anything, am I, Mr. Hargroves? Not at all. Uh, Dr. Cutter is just leaving. Uh, Well, my friend, you're looking pretty good for someone who just came Well, that was strange. Usually Jim doesn't kick me out of his office until after he hits me. Well, I guess I'd better get down to the emergency. 
Is this elevator going down, orderly? Say, what's the matter with you two? Believe me, you don't want to go down there, Dr. Cutter. Oh, my God. My God, I can't believe that horror. It's okay, George. It's okay, man. You just need some rest. Yeah, as if I'll ever sleep again. Come and lie down in the skirty. You'll be okay. Really, you'll be okay. Sorry. Sorry, Dr. Cutter. He's terrified about having to go down again. No, I have the same trouble with Nurse Carmody. Well, I have to go down there. Wish me luck. Poor orderlies. Good God. Look at what someone has written in blood on the elevator wall. God is near. And down here, can't quite make it out. Julio sucks. Hmm. I don't really see how that's relevant. But people do strange things when they're sick. I count on it. My God, what a mess! Dr. Cutter, Dr. Cutter. Now, Nurse Jane, take it easy. Don't be upset. I apologized for the other night, didn't I? The jacuzzi looked clean to me. No, Dr. Cutter. I'm just glad you're finally here, an actual doctor. Yes, well, to be honest, I... We had two other interns, but they both caught the disease. What exactly are we dealing with here, Samantha? I don't know. Nobody does. Some of the townspeople have just taken to calling it the spillage. The spillage, huh? Catchy name. you got to hand it to the townspeople. They really can be creative. Can you help us? Gosh, I'd like to stay, Barbara, but I have to get up at six to work on Mrs. Bobcock. She's having her penis removed. Again. Please, Doctor, just for five minutes. It would be such a great relief to us all. Oh, very well. Who's in trauma one? Oh, um... Uh, a Mr. Sivla. He's a strange one. He came in with a sore throat with some friends, but the disease seems to be affecting him differently. It's changed the way he looks. His friends both have it, too. Hmm. Well, don't you have some, you know, normal sick people I could look at? Mr. Sivla has been here for over ten hours, Doctor. Oh, jumping the queue, huh? Well, I'll have a word with him, all right. Right this way, Doctor. They're behind this curtain. You know, you people really make me sick. We're not people, actually. You can say that again. Well, you can't just come in here and push your way to the front of the line. Our leader, I mean friend, is very sick. Perhaps we could come to some arrangement? Are you suggesting a bribe? Because if you are, well, I'm not above that. Doctor. Oh, very well. Give them some calamine lotion. That always made me feel good as a boy. Mother's cool hands running the soft pink liquid over all the rough spots. (laughs) There, there, little Maddie. That feels good, doesn't it? Yes, Mother. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Well, I... I have to go. Where can we reach you, Dr. Ketter? CD's bar, but not unless there's a crisis. Yes, Doctor. Now as for you three... All right, Mr. Sibler. Let's get you out of that suit. I'm not wearing a suit. Get away from me. Don't be silly. I've seen a naked man before. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Man, that hospital's in disarray. What a horrible disease. It reminds me of the case I had to solve at the leper colony. Never did find the murderer. It's been eating at me for years. You know, I don't blame Matt for heading over to CD's bar. In fact, I could use a drink myself. See you there. Hi, Dr. Ketter. Would you like a table? No, I have a table at home. What I need right now is a drink. I'll sit at the bar. Hi, Al. Hey. How's it going tonight? Uh, pretty busy. But that guy sitting down the end of the bar there has been nursing that scotch for an hour. Pour me a double, Al. I've had a day from hell. The usual? No, I generally have pretty good days. 
Say, what's your special tonight? It's a drink I made up myself. Vodka, scotch, a banana, some olives, a bow tie, and a shoe. Sounds great. What do you call it? Uh, Al's Closet. Well, anything to numb the pain. I hear that, Dr. Cutter. You know, I think this war with Easter Island is messing up a lot of folks. People's nerves are shot. Everyone's in a malaise. Well, I guess that would make us Malaysian then, huh? Cheers. Cheers. What's on the tube tonight? Ah, uh, there's just an old rock-hard movie. Oh, and some new reality show called uh, Kick the Brown People. Put on the rock-hard thing. You can hear it better if you grab a stool at the end of the bar, Dr. Cutter. Now, where's that remote? Oh, yeah, here it is. Hello, I'm Tim Poe, rock-hard's pathetic sidekick. Uh, sort of like Bruce Lee to the Green Hornet. But I don't know any karate, and rock isn't nearly as good as the Hornet. Anyway, I'm going to fill in as your narrator for the next little part of the story. There are so many visual gags about to happen that they just wouldn't make any sense at all without someone to explain them to you. Besides, Rock has to appear in a clip from his movie during this overlong bar scene, and he can't be in two places at once, now can he? Well, actually, I suppose he can. He's the narrator. He's omniscient. You see? Rock would never use a word like omniscient. And if he did, he'd say, how's that for a $10 word? He's so predictable. The truth is, Rock agreed to pay me all the back salary that he owes me if I cover him for while he prepares for his upcoming scene. Prepare. Here. Right. He's just going outside for a quick smoke. Look, you can see him right through the window over there. He's so stupid. Sorry, uh, where was I? Oh, yes. Uh, right now, Dan Standish, the super spy that Prime Minister Harpoon hired to find out what is happening in monogamy, has just entered CD's bar. He's sitting down at the bar beside Jack Helprin, the crusty old gent nursing the scotch. Mr. Helprin is the guidance counselor at the monogamy high school. I wish I'd known him when I was a boy. Oh. Will it be, mister? Hi, Barkeep. I'll have what he's having. Sure thing. <laughs> you see, this is what I meant. Uh, what you listeners uh, couldn't possibly know is that after Dan Stanley said, I'll have what he's having, Al, the bartender, just reached over, took Jack Elkrin's scotch out of his hand, and gave it to Dan Standish. <laughs> it's so funny. If you, you could actually see it. Anyway. Thanks, Barkeep. Thanks for the scotch, stranger. Wow, what a shitty day. Tell me about it. Okay. The Prime Minister himself hired me to recruit people for the war. Do you think I can get anyone from this godforsaken town to do it? No. Everyone is either a moron or inbred, and most are both. I'm at my wit's end, my friend. Well, I think you have it bad. Try being a guidance counselor to teenage boys and girls. Oh, sure, there's a war going on, but there's an even bigger war being waged in our schools. The battle to win the hearts and minds of our disenfranchised youth. I guess. Why, just last week, Cindy McIntosh came in to talk about her low geography grades. So I explained to her that without a solid understanding of basic geography, she really has no chance to survive in our society. She would probably be shunned as a stupid, overweight loser. In between her sobs, when I could get a word in edgewise, I suggested that maybe there was a way out of this mess, a way that might involve the chair she was sitting on, about six feet of rope, say. Thankfully, she heard what I was saying. You get my point? Not really. Probably motivated. Kids today will do anything you say. Kids, you say? 
Hi, Tim Paul here again. I'll bet you're wondering what Matt Cutter MD is watching on the television down at the other end of the bar, am I right? Well, let's tune in to the rock hard movie, Dirty Double Dealing Devil, starring rock hard private dick, shall we? You know, I was in the movie too, but I got cut out during the editing because Rock thought I was getting too much screen time. He can be so mean sometimes. I said, put down that gun. It's not a gun. It's a cougar. Look, Mushroom Head, quit the funny stuff or I'll spill your spores all over this pier. I'm not being funny. This really is a cougar I'm holding. Then put down that cougar. Fine. And with whom do I have the pleasure of my acquaintance? Huh? Who are you? I'm Hard. Rock Hard. Private Dick. How did you find me, Hard? No, it was easy. You just showed up here by coincidence. Say, I never got your name, Mr... Tweedle. Look, Tweedle, three people in the car were dead because of you. I want answers. All right. Six? Belgium? Hydrogen peroxide? How are those for answers? Not bad. Now, where's the black bird? Um, in a pie? I I have no idea what you're talking about. Then put your two ears together and listen to this. The army fired you from their germ warfare lab two weeks ago. You were bitter and wanted revenge. So you stole a black bird infected with Asian flu and were planning to release it over Washington, thereby infecting the whole government infrastructure and turning the war in the Nazis' favor. Go on. All right. I, I meant go on with your story. Oh. Right. I wonder what Matt Cutter, MD, thinks of that movie he's been watching. Personally, I can't stand it. Rock's made me watch it at the office like at least 40 times, if not more. I am sick of it. He only made one movie because he is so terrible in it. He's so bad. He can't act at all. You know what I really like? Nanette Fabre, teen comedies from the 60s. She really turns me on. Okay, here's Matt thinking to himself. Hmm. Germ warfare, eh? Of course, that's it. That mushroom-head guy from the movie is spreading some kind of deadly germ all over monogamy. By some bizarre coincidence, he must have been around for a while in the 40s, working as a character actor in the movies. Wait a minute. He hasn't aged a day. It's like he was away in outer space or something, thus proving Einstein's theory of relativity to be sound. Wait a minute. How is it that the writers of that old movie correctly anticipated that sometime in the future, the same guy would try to destroy the real planet? Wait a minute! Maybe that Tweedle guy jumps around in time. He's always been in that movie and he's always been trying to destroy the planet Earth. Wait a minute! He's the same guy I saw coming into Jim Hargrove's office earlier. Why couldn't I see it then? Well, you see, Matt, then there wouldn't be a story. You have to let the plot develop naturally for suspense value, you know? Thanks, drunken barfly. I didn't even see you down there under my stool. I've got to race out of this bar and get down to Jim's office right now before it's too late. Hey, Dr. Cutter, what about your tab? Yes, impressive, isn't it? Meanwhile, back at the other end of the bar where Dan Standish and Jack Helprin, the guidance counselor, are chatting. I like the ones that jump off bridges the best. You know, Helprin, I really think you're onto something with these kids. It's giving me a great idea. I'm going to start recruiting children. I mean, after all, the army has given me all these toys. I can use them to entice the children population of monogamy to fight in a war. It's brilliant, Mr. Helperin. Brilliant. Thank you. Meanwhile, Mad Cutter MD has reached Jim Hardgrove's office in record time. It was like 11 seconds by my count. Radio is like magic, huh? 
All right, Tempo. That'll be enough. Oh, Rock, you're here. I thought you'd still be in the movie. Well, you thought wrong, Tim. Now hit the road. I'll take it from here. Oh, right. I don't even get a thank you for filling in for you. Uh, just a hit the road. What about my pay? Yeah, yeah, I'll pay you. Next Friday, okay? Sorry, Tim. I'm a bit rushed. But thanks for covering me. I really, really appreciate it. Am I invited back to the cast party afterward? Don't push it. Now scram. Fuck you, Rock! Well, things are really cooking along now, huh? Will Dr. Cutter find a cure for the spillage before it destroys monogamy? What idea has Dan Standish come up with to boost recruitment for the war? Will Tim Poe get to go to the cast party? For the answer to these and other dubious questions, join us next time for... Monogamy. 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 Monogamy.